here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Number 877 877-381-3811. I will be on Hannity tonight, 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. Let's step back a second. Let's step back. There's a lot going on in the country. There's a lot going on with the economy. There's a lot going on in the border. There's a lot going on with our foreign enemies. There's a lot going on with the undermining of our allies. There's a lot going on with critical race theory and the sexualizing of our children. There's a lot going on in this country. But above all else, step by step by step, Your civil liberties are being destroyed. You may not feel it today, but you can see it. You can see it. And the media are ignoring it. Professors in law schools are ignoring it. Commentators are ignoring it. Because it requires... It requires some focused attention and analysis. But it is out of control already. What did Joe DeGeneva, Victoria Tonsing, John Eastman, Rudy Giuliani, another lawyer by the name of Corcoran, what do they all have in common? They're all conservatives. They're all Republicans. They're all people of high integrity and ethics. They're individuals with remarkable careers and reputations. And the federal government's trying to destroy them. And they're not alone. The federal government is trying to destroy all these lawyers. They're trying to disbar some of them. 
They're trying to ruin them. What's the purpose of a lawyer? What's the purpose of having a lawyer? Does anybody know? So you can be represented. Particularly when the case involves the Constitution, you can be represented and protected. Your unalienable rights. What are the Bill of Rights about? They're about your unalienable rights. The Constitution doesn't place limitations on you. It places limitations on them, the government, and the power of the government. The framers of the Constitution wanted an orderly society. But they wanted to contain the power of government because they were abused by government. They fought a hostile government. So they created separation of powers. So they created under each article very specific powers that each branch would have and the government generally. They were specific about the federal powers and all the rest of the powers were to be left to the states. There's not a single word in there about the massive administrative state that exists today. Not a word in there about U.S. attorneys and a Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Department of Justice. Nothing. Zero. Nothing. The Constitution is trying to protect your liberty, your sovereignty. The circle of liberty around you, as Tocqueville put it that the government may not penetrate in order to prevent the government from molesting you. The Declaration of Independence is the most concise statement of why we we have this country. To protect the individual, your unalienable rights. That no government, no government can take They're God-given. They're God-given rights. We've come a far way, haven't we? From the Declaration, and a far way from respecting the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, which reflects so much of what's in the Declaration, particularly the Ninth Amendment. First Amendment's under constant attack. Your free speech, your freedom of association, your freedom to exercise your faith. Second Amendment's under constant attack. Your right to have arms to protect yourself, including from a, an illegitimate government, if necessary. Your Fourth Amendment rights, due process. Your Fifth Amendment rights. Sixth, seventh, eighth, which we never talk about. Your Ninth Amendment rights. And the Ninth Amendment recognizes you're born with unalienable rights. And of course, the Tenth Amendment, which underscores the point that the government, the central government that they created, that the states created, is limited. And the power belongs to the states. Well, obviously, that's been turned on its head. This issue with lawyers is very, very important. The government has thousands and thousands of lawyers 
including prosecutors. Prosecutors in 93 offices of United States attorneys. Prosecutors in offices at the Maine Justice Department in Washington, D.C. They're everywhere. And that's just the feds. I'm not even talking about state and county. They have enormous power because they have unlimited resources. The investigative and prosecutorial process alone can destroy somebody, even if they're 100% innocent. It can destroy somebody's reputation. It can destroy somebody's life. It can destroy their family. It can force them to sell their homes. It can destroy their businesses. Just the fact, the existence of an investigation. Awful lot of authority is placed in these, these prosecutors in their offices to uphold the Constitution, even though they are not constitutionally created. And so if you get prosecutors who are rogue, who are out of control, and yet self-righteous, if you get prosecutors who hide behind the curtain when they do their work, or leak to the media about what they're doing, when you get prosecutors who are looking to twist the rules of evidence to twist courtroom proceedings to twist the law and to do so in a jurisdiction yes I should say venue more accurate where they know that the people they're investigating and the people that they're targeting have no chance at a free a fair trial like Washington DC or any major city when it comes to a most Republicans and certainly Trump supporters, or Trump himself, then the Constitution's violated. So where do you go to fix this? Well, that's what judges are for. But what if the judges are of the same mindset? And they have no intention of putting a prosecutor in his or her place. Or they won't allow for the changing of venue. What do you do then? You have no recourse. There is no recourse. It's over. Your life is over. That's why this is so important. And if this can be done to powerful people, if this can be done to famous people, if this can be done to people with fantastic reputations in the law, it can be done to anybody. And it is. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. What's the purpose of due process? Why, out of all the things the framers of the Constitution, after the Constitution was adopted and ratified, 
They go back and they add the Bill of Rights. Why, of all the things that they include, due process rights? Of all things. Why is it so crucially important? Do you have a right to counsel? Because you need to have somebody with some kind of expertise in the law, particularly the criminal law and how the courts work and the grand juries work and all the rest. So you can confide in that person so you have a shot at defending yourself against an all-powerful federal government. What's the purpose of attorney-client privilege? Well, if you can't talk to your lawyer and be honest with your lawyer about your situation... Be honest with your lawyer about what you may have done or may not have done. Be honest with your lawyer about what you think should be done and his representation of you and on and on and on. Then you cannot possibly have the effective representation of counsel. When's the last time a federal prosecutor had to reveal discussions, work product, confidentialities created during the course of their prosecutions? I can't think of a single time. If they are, they're extremely rare. Now, if you're a prosecutor, and you don't have a case, what is the job of a prosecutor? Is the job of the prosecutor to seek and destroy? Is that the job of a prosecutor? No. The prosecutor, on behalf of the people of the United States, is supposed to do justice. Seems weird, but that's what they're supposed to do. Do justice. Not seek and destroy. Do justice. We have a special counsel now in Washington, D.C., specifically appointed by Merrick Garland, who did not do justice. In a major case involving a former Republican governor of Virginia, who read the ethics and gift laws so broadly in the state of Virginia that it was impossible for the former Republican governor to have a fair trial. It it was impossible. And yet the federal district judge went along with the prosecutor. And so he was convicted. His reputation was destroyed. He had no money left. He took the law, did this prosecutor, and he expanded its meaning to the point where the defendant never had a shot. The case went all the way to the United States Supreme Court, all the way up to the United States Supreme Court. There were eight justices at the time leftists and constitutionalists and every single one of them that court voted unanimously one majority opinion to overturn the conviction the bottom line is they felt that what the prosecutor did was absurd and preposterous way out of proportion with what the the former governor and his wife had done Now, why would you appoint that man to be the special counsel in Donald Trump's case? 
Now, why am I even bringing this up? I want to continue with this when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Evan Corcoran is one of President Trump's lead lawyers on this document case. He's a former federal prosecutor. He practiced in Baltimore. Uh, he has a stellar reputation. I've never talked to him. I've never met him. I've never communicated with him, but I've looked up his background. He was yanked in front of this grand jury a little bit ago. I touched on it the other day. He asserted attorney-client privilege. And when the prosecutor... Jack Smith kept trying to pierce the attorney-client privilege veil. Smith has now gone to a federal judge in the District of Columbia, a federal judge who was appointed by Barack Obama, and uh, a federal judge who oversaw the Mueller investigation and their various motions to get her to agree to what's called the crime fraud exception, which would, quote-unquote, allow the government to go behind the attorney-client privilege principle and get notes and information and testimony from President Trump's lawyer. More on this when I return. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. The federal judge, the district judge in Washington, D.C. on this case, her her name is Judge Beryl Howe. She's the chief judge. 
She's handling all the grand jury questions. And in every single instance where privilege has been raised by the president lawyers in any case, she's ruled for the government. Every single instance. The government claims nobody's above the law. We're protecting the Constitution. Really? Is due process important? That's in the Constitution. They're steamrolling it. Attorney-client privilege, they're steamrolling it. The right to effective representation, they're steamrolling it. I would ask you folks, whether it's a divorce case or a tax case, whether it's, it's litigation on a zoning matter, whatever it is, if you can't confide in your lawyer, and the prosecution can say, we, we have reason to believe, Your Honor, that, that this lawyer has participated in or been used to pursue the furtherance of a crime, therefore we assert the crime fraud exception to attorney-client privilege. What do you think about that? The crime-fraud exception, in most cases, it's like when you're dealing with a mob, or a bank robber, a killer, something like that. Something like that, not a documents case. And you have to ask yourselves, what's more important here? The Bill of Rights, the right of an individual to be effectively represented, or the pursuit of a documents case by the federal government. We've talked about this so many times and blew in the face over it. They're trying to make an obstruction case. But obviously they don't have one yet. Because they wouldn't need to do this. And so you would hope that this judge, although I have little hope for her, but you would hope that a judge would not permit the all-powerful prosecutor to stop all over, all over the rights of a defendant or potential defendant. Let me put it that way. A target. So the prosecutor can get information to see whether he can use the information that's been confided into uh, by a lawyer against his client. Because obviously, it makes the whole point, the whole exercise of an investigation, the right to counsel, of filing motions and getting rulings, having a grand jury, eventually having a court, makes that whole process irrelevant. Irrelevant. If I get to know what my arguments are, plus I get to know what your side has to say, or what your client shared with you. Well, that's that's like three-card Monty, isn't it? Or it's heads I win, tails you lose. The question is, is that about to take place in a federal courthouse in Washington, D.C.? I fear it is with this judge, this Obama judge who's driven by ideology. Who's ruled against the president over and over again on privilege matters. Every time.
That's what's going on. That's not getting the attention it deserves. I'll tell you another one. Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tonsing. We've talked about John Eastman, lawyer for the president during the campaign. They're trying to rip his his law degree from him, excuse me, his, uh, his law license from him. This guy was the dean of a law school. The dean of a law school. He was a clerk to Clarence Thomas. Well, he conspired with Trump to overthrow and interfere with an election. Excuse me. There were no electoral results, as I said the other day, under our electoral college process until the Congress counts the electors and accepts them or not. Not before. And I need to do and spend a lot of time on this issue on another day and soon about why federal prosecutors in the Department of Justice should be nowhere near a matter like this. That it's to be handled by Congress and only Congress. And Congress can hold hearings, and they can have committee hearings, they can refer matters, but you can't use a grand jury to investigate challenges to elections in various states and overall. That, you're now handing the election process over to the incumbent president and his people. But that, for another day. Thomas Lipson, the American thinker, is a very good man. He's a friend of mine. He's a scholar. He uh, founded the American thinker. And uh, he points to a case here, a, a piece written by Mark Fitzgibbons, who's another great guy. Conservative formerly Reagan appointed super lawyers Joe DeGeneva and Victoria Tonsing, husband and wife, need to raise half a million dollars to cover legal fees and costs they've spent so far fighting the corrupt Joe Biden, Merrick Garland, deep state. They also need funds to pursue federal legal actions against multiple law-breaking government officials and corrupt left-wing private parties, such as the 65 Project. This is the group of leftists who's been filing ethics complaints against lawyers involved in the last election. He says a uniquely sinister element seeking to ruin the lives of conservative lawyers. This popular husband and wife team are law partners... The firm they found are widely known for their insightful, no-holds-barred TV, radio, written commentary against corruption and law-breaking in government and the private sector. Most of all, they're known as outstanding lawyers. Joe was a U.S. attorney. Victoria Tonsing worked for Barry Goldwater on his committee and was a high-ranking deputy assistant attorney general at the Department of Justice when I was there. These are no slouches. During the Reagan presidency, he points out who Joe was and Victoria. And they've represented high-profile whistleblowers through their careers as well. Joe and Victoria, now part of a group of constitutional conservatives, Trump-friendly lawyers whose communications with state election officials were subpoenaed by this same Jack Smith. Subpoenaed by the special counsel Jack Smith, who's investigating challenges 
by former President Trump and his allies in the 2020 election process. But Joe and Victoria have already spent over a half a million in legal fees and costs as targets of the FBI and the Department of Justice and their weaponization against constitutional conservative lawyers. Began with the DOJ covertly accessing Victoria's Apple and iCloud information in 2019, which included attorney-client privileged information unrelated to the investigation at hand without her having an opportunity to challenge this baseless, scurrilous, overly broad search and seizure. That, I think, is what was done to me when they grabbed 13 emails. Totally harmless, but that's not the point. Then in 2021, the DOJ got openly hostile. As Victoria wrote in November 2022 in Newsmax, at dawn on April 28, 2021, four FBI agents rang my Chevy Chase Maryland doorbell armed with a search warrant from the Southern District of New York seeking evidence of a Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, that's FARA violation, during the year 2019, not coincidentally, in 2019, I was talking to a Ukrainian whistleblower, Prosecutor uh, General Yuri Letsenko, for legal representation to bring evidence to the Department of Justice of the Biden family corruption in that country. The FBI raid of their home was another egregious violation of the constitutional rights of Victoria, her firm, and her clients. The FBI seized her cell phone and iPad containing personal and attorney-client privileged information, far exceeding what a legitimate investigation would seek. The warrant was obtained in violation of DOJ guidelines using the intrusive and intimidating method of an FBI raid that resulted in violation of attorney-client privilege unrelated to the DOJ investigation. Making this all more disgraceful, the DOJ was seeking evidence of a FARA violation. As Victoria explains in her Newsmax article, Rudy Giuliani asked if, if she would represent Ukrainian whistleblower, prosecutor Letsenko, and Shokin, who was investigating Hunter Biden's employer, Burisma. Rudy was going to represent them, but thought he had a conflict of interest since he was one of President Trump's lawyers at the time. Victoria never signed the whistleblowers as clients, never represented them. She said, I was not a target of far investigation. I had no client who would have required FAR registration in 2019. In other words, she had nothing to do with FAR. But she needed to litigate and get a special master to review the seized materials and attempt to protect the privileged material of her actual clients. That the Department of Justice fought her and her firm nearly every step of the way, knowing she was not representing the two whistleblowers, further abuse of the investigative process. Plus, as with other Trump-friendly conservatives who've been raided by the FBI, the raid was improperly leaked to the press. Finally, in November 2022, just a few months ago, after Victoria and Joe spent hundreds of thousands of dollars fighting to protect their rights, the DOJ closed the matter, telling the court no charges would be filed and a special master would no longer be needed. But the damage was already done. The damage was already done. They were served with an illegal warrant for documents that she never possessed. After spending over half a million dollars to defend herself, she wrote, and my client's privileged information, I'm woefully aware that the Southern District of New York achieved its goal for me. As one FBI whistleblower agent told Congress, the process is the punishment. 
and they're trying to raise money, by the way. I've not talked to them. You go to Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go. Give, Send, Go, and look up their names. You want to help them out. How the hell does this information not get reported in a big way? I don't. I, I understand Maggie Haberman at the New York Times. I understand what her mission is, to seek and destroy. I understand what the Washington Post mission is, to seek and destroy. But what about the rest of the media? Oh, I don't mean the corrupt media. Shouldn't everybody be talking about this, who you know and I know? This event with this Jack Smith who was behind what happened to DeGeneva and Tonsing, who's behind what's going on now with Trump. It shouldn't matter that it's DeGeneva and Tonsing. It shouldn't matter that it's Trump. These are the tactics that Joseph Stalin would use. These are the tactics that Vladimir Putin would use. These are the tactics that Xi Jinping would use. These are the tactics that are used in Cuba, and Venezuela, and all the rest. Not in the United States, as they're not supposed to be. We have a written constitution. We have a history. We have a disaster on our hands. An absolute, unmitigated disaster. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to tell you about something to help you protect your retirement. People are worried about the economy because 2022 didn't go very well. For one thing, there's the crazy spending and debt created by Biden and the Democrats. That huge debt affects your savings, especially pensions, IRAs, and 401ks. It's one reason Americans get gold IRAs, to protect their hard-earned savings. Well, here's a company I trust to help you with a gold IRA, Augusta Precious Metals. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. If you've saved $100,000 or more, save for your IRA or your 401k, sign up for a one-on-one web conference to schedule call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. If you have a financial professional, obviously talk to them before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com and check out the risk disclosures as well. It was announced today that Matt Gates, Congressman Matt Gates, the case that were they investigating him and leaking all over the place, a sex trafficking case has been dropped with no charges. But they smeared the hell out of the guy. You'll notice I have never brought this up, even when I've criticized Mr. Gates. I never used it in any posting. So they've dropped the sex trafficking investigation of Mr. Gates. Did anybody ever think that Congressman Gates was involved in sex trafficking? Any more than Brett Kavanaugh would have weekly rape parties? Does this sound like America? 
So Matt Gates is an innocent man. God knows what he spent. But he had to defend himself publicly. He had to defend himself during the course of the investigation. So you're guilty until proven innocent in many of these cases, aren't you? That investigation should never have taken place. It was preposterous on its face. But the fact of the investigation can destroy you. You've heard me tell you about, and I'm going to say this. When the January 6th committee got 13 of my emails, which had nothing to do with the violence or anything they were investigating, I was advised not to talk about it on the air. And you know what I did? I talked about it on the air. And again, I want to find out who did that. You know, crime fraud exception and all that. I'm not trying to put my hand on the scale, the political scale here, but if you're going to run for president in the Republican primary, platitudes, ambiguous phrases, poll-tested stuff ain't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it here, and I don't think it's going to cut it with you. We're not interested in bumper stickers. We're interested in saving the country. And we're going to want evidence from anybody who wants to be president. Evidence that they have fought the good fight and that they have what it takes to fight the good fight. I'm just saying, no moderates, no rhinos, constitutional conservatives. That's what we need, and we need them now. Real statesmen who have the guts to speak out. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. I will be on Hannity tonight at 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time. Senator Rick Scott's going to be on the program in about 15 minutes. He's asked to come on, but I have some questions as well. Um, I want you to hear Joe Biden on the floor again in 1995. This is an extended version. What he had to say about Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. I want you to listen to this, please. And I'm going to make sure, the extent I can, as many people hear it as possible. Cut 18, go. We have before us the balanced budget amendment about which many of us have expressed serious reservations, the effects of which are in both the short and the long term, cannot be predicted with any degree of certainty. We'll hear a good deal of hyperbole uh, uh, on this amendment, promises by those that this is going to cure all, and promises by those, if it passes, that we're going to go to hell in the handbasket and rapidly, and all our liberties will be taken from us. Uh, I hope we kind of keep our eye on the ball here and at least have an open mind um, uh, to the prospect that we can make this amendment better and still have an amendment. I'm sure someone has looked out 
over the next 15 years and concluded if we stay on the track, even the one predicted by the President of the United States, that uh, we will be uh, providing for an increasingly larger share of every tax dollar just to go to reduce interest on the debt. And to me, that's the driving force behind this amendment. When I introduced the budget freeze years ago, the liberals of my party said, it's an awful thing you're doing, Joe. You are all the programs we care about. You're freezing them. Money for the blind, the disabled, education, and so on. And my argument then is one I make now, which is the strongest, most compelling reason to be for this, but this amendment or an amendment. And that is that if we don't do that, all the things I care most about are going to be gone. I mean, whatever happened to that old conservative discipline about paying for what you spend? I'm up for re-election this year, and I'm going to remind everybody what I did at home, which is going to cost me politically. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Somebody has to tell me in here how we're going to do this hard work without dealing with any of those sacred cows. Wow, it's amazing, isn't he? Sounds like Paul Ryan there. Sounds like Phil Graham was a senator there. And now he sounds like one of those lunatic liberals that he complained about on the floor of the Senate. He was also challenged during the debate in 2021 of the debates by communist Bernie Sanders, who said to him, you know, you wanted to cut. Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and veterans benefits and Biden said, no, I did not. Sanders said, why don't you tell the truth and be straight about it? If you if you've changed your mind, say you've changed your mind and apologize. But yes, you did. He said, no, I didn't. Because Biden lies. Because Biden lies. Now, the fact is, these programs will go broke. And the fact is, there's some good ideas to deal with them that would grandfather in those of you who are currently on the programs and those of you who are about 10 years away from being on one of the programs because you have planned. But otherwise, what's going to happen is automatically Social Security, the payroll tax will go from 12.5% to over 25%. And the benefits will be slashed about 30%. But most of these people will be dead and gone who are making these decisions today, so they don't care. But you also see if you if you even raise the issue as something we ought to look at and start talking about over the next year, two, three, while we have time to do something. Joe Biden, who complained about hyperbole, is the biggest demagogue of them all. He'll ram it down your throat because he's into power. He wants re-election. But all that aside, I'm just making it abundantly clear that it's Joe Biden who's been pushing this for decades. Can I say something on an aside with this railroad company, what's happened in Ohio? What's happened in Ohio with Palestine, Ohio, is horrendous. Horrendous. We know there was a derailment, but we don't know all the facts. To 
to find some conservatives who sound like radical leftists is really quite troubling to me. And I guess this is the new populism, which has nothing to do with conservatism. Was there something going on with the rail system? Is that it? Probably, but we don't know. Now, there's a town hall meeting tonight, and the CEO of the railroad company is not attending. And I suspect he's not attending because they're trying to get all the facts, and of course, there's going to be massive litigation. The company probably won't survive. That's my guess. You can only get in short to a point. But uh, I don't know why some so-called populist conservatives think they need to demagogue these issues. We should do everything we can to help these people. We should do everything we can to, to address this toxic cloud that's been created. It's not going to be the same place it was. I hate to tell everybody, it's just not. When you have all these toxins, many of them cancerous, they get into everything. They get into the soil. They get into into the plants. They get into all kinds of stuff. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible situation. And God knows we've spent enough money on quote-unquote infrastructure. The EPA has enough money. The Interior Department has enough money. They all have enough money. But don't they have... Safety precautions, not just the railroad companies, but state and federal authorities. I'll give you an example. Our home in Florida is about a mile and a half away from railroad tracks. They just put in brand new railroad tracks. And they expanded it. They took out all the old tracks and put in brand new tracks. Brand new tracks. I'm sure it cost a fortune. I'm sure it was inconvenient, but it's necessary. Doesn't it also raise questions to you about mass transportation? That is, they want us all to get out of our cars and our trucks and rely on mass transportation. Okay, great. Now, when the government itself runs mass transportation, who's going to be responsible for the rails? Who's going to be responsible for the, for the upkeep of the buses and, the, and all the rest of it? the subway systems that aren't even safe. It raises a lot of questions in my view, but that's not where I wanted to go. But if I feel like we always need a hanging. You notice that, Mr. Producer? Somebody has to hang. Somebody has to hang. Now we know, and I mean that figuratively, we know nobody in the federal government's going to hang. Mr. Transportation Secretary... Nowhere to be found, but he's protected. He won't. And uh, the railroad administration, nobody there will hang. None of them. None of them. Just need more money, you know. Just need more people. Just need more monitoring. Just need more whatever. That'll get us where we want to be. All right, there's still a ton to cover tonight. 
Plus, we have Rick Scott coming on in minutes. Plus, I'll be on Hannity after the show at 9.35 p.m. Eastern. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Senator Rick Scott, how are you, sir? I am great. It's great to be with you. Senator... You dared to challenge Mitch McConnell, and he looks like he's just trying to ruin you. Um, He can't, but he's trying. I hear that he wants to uh, find a Republican opponent to challenge you as the Republican primary for Senate, should you not run for president. He uh, throws you and Lee off the Commerce Committee by text. He's the one that voted for the $1.7 trillion omnibus monstrous bill. And put the House Republicans bill. in a terrible position. He worked with Schumer and Pelosi and Biden. Right. And, and they so, could have waited two weeks, Mark. They could have waited yes. two weeks. And then guess what? And, McCarthy would have written the bill. I mean, that's what's crazy about this. He, yes. Mark, you know, here's what's crazy. I thought the way the Constitution worked, I was supposed to come up here and represent my state. So if you do what you told the voters in your state you're going to do, and you represent your state somehow... You're, you're doing the wrong thing. And they want you to become part of the establishment. It means sit down, shut up. They'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And he makes comments. You know, he goes in front of a bridge with his buddy Joe Biden, this monstrous bill. They all got together. And then uh, he takes an opportunity when they talk about cutting Social Security and Medicare to trash you. That was Rick's guy. He says it three times. Meanwhile, Biden in 1995 said it over and over and over and over again. You haven't asked to cut Social Security and Medicare. I heard what you said. I know. So I tell everybody, go to rescueamerica.com. Here's what I said. Let's preserve the programs. I said, Congress ought to tell you, the American public, how they're going to save Medicare and Social Security since they're going bankrupt. And everybody that keeps voting for this massive spending increases the chance they're going to go bankrupt. And so they said, well, you said you would, you would sunset programs. You, I said, you should review every program and get rid of things that don't make sense. Guess what? We do the National Defense Authorization Act every year. That means if you vote, don't vote to have a hundred year funding for the Defense Department, you must be wanting to cut all of our defense. Mm. I mean, that's how illogical these people are. But yeah, I, I mean, McConnell kicked me off. He kicked me off commerce. He kicked Mike Lee off commerce. So, but here's what I tell people, and Mike Lee's in the same position. We didn't come up here 
to work for the establishment. We're not going to ever be establishment people. We're going to be up here representing our states, and we're going to bring fiscal sanity to America. This idea that you saw the CBO, CBO score today, at the path we're going down, in 10 years, we'll have $52 trillion worth of debt. Now, tell mm-hmm. me how in God's green earth we're going to pay the interest on that. But they don't care. They don't care they, because they, they just don't want to spend care. money. And the they other thing care. you did, and the other thing you did that you're not allowed to do, is you put together a platform that you felt Republicans, if they chose to, can run on because Mitch McConnell provided no platform whatsoever. No, they said, we're not going to have a platform. That's what he said. He said, we're not going to have a platform. We're just going to talk about how bad the Democrats are. Look, I'm a business guy. Okay, I ran for governor. First job, I, political job I ran for, I told people what I was going to do. I said, I'm going to get you 700,000 jobs over seven years, and these are the seven steps I'm going to use to do it. And guess what? I got elected because I had a plan. Right? We should tell the public exactly what we're going to do, and guess what? There's people out in the public that are going to give us even better ideas, but they're not going to give them to us if we don't put out our ideas first. I think bipartisanship for the cause of American bankruptcy is not a good idea. And he put these Republicans in the House in in a horrific position. He knew exactly what he was doing. It's never been done before, Senator. You've never had a Republican leader work with the Democrat leader and the Democrat speaker push through legislation on a, a lame duck Democrat, radical Democrat majority in the House, and other Republicans in the House are trying to pull, pull some of this back, and he sits there like he didn't have any handiwork in this. It's all his handiwork. They gave it to us at one one thirty in the morning on a Tuesday right before Christmas. They scheduled it so everybody wants to go home, three times the size of the Bible, 7,500 earmarks. So think about it. You never read it. Nobody read it. Okay, but it's negotiated by Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer, and they cram it down our throat, and they get Republicans to vote for it. I mean, those. I mean, we got to stop this stuff. We got to stop caving. I mean, we all balance our budgets. We have to. We can't just say, "Hey, bank, we just roll over all my debt." But they think that America can keep doing this, and there's no repercussions. Look at the inflation we have. Look at the what or has happened in interest rates. Go try to buy a home. Almost 7% mortgage rates now for a 30-year mortgage. Look at your credit card interest rate. But look at, infl- look at eggs. Look at bacon. Look at you know, cars. And look at all this stuff, the price of things. If you're a young person, you can't get started. The houses are so expensive. Plus, with these mortgage rates. But they don't care. What they care about up here is their elections. They think if they just throw more money at everything, everybody will elect them. Well, guess what? You're hurting the poorest families who can't afford this. I grew up in public housing. I watched my mom struggle with inflation. That's what they're doing to people again. These people, are their wages are not staying with inf- up with inflation, and they're hurting the poorest families. Rich are going to be fine. They're getting richer all the time. Wall Street makes money off all this. The D.C. bureaucrats make money. But you, the taxpayer, you get inflation, you get higher interest rates. How fair is that? What do you make of the fact, Senator Rick Scott, that he can't even tolerate a handful of voices challenging him in the Senate? We used to say Republicans were at least fiscally responsible. Maybe they're not on this on social, but they're not. And I think that's what frustrates people. We send people to Washington. It's the same leadership in the Senate for 20 damn years, which is, I assume, why you were challenging him. Well, why don't we run this? to do this thing, why don't we govern the way we campaign? 
we campaign as Republicans for fiscal being fiscal responsible, right? We campaign that we're going to secure the border. We campaign that we're not going to do earmarks. We campaign on all these things. We ought to do that. We ought to do that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to be we're going to fight like hell. And by the way, it takes our votes to pass legislation. They have to get 60 votes. So last year they needed 10 of us. This year they need nine of us. So I tell everybody, look, if you have better ideas, if you have a better plan, let's all fight over the best ideas. But let's do what we said when we ran. You know, when, in my next election, I have a plan. This is what I'm running on. And maybe, maybe somebody will come up with a better idea and say, you know what, it's a better idea. I'm going to change my plan. But I'm going to fight for something. I'm like, I mean, this is crazy. Just come up here. Oh, I'm a, oh, boy, I'm a senator now. I just, I'll just keep uh, spending money. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll like me. No, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to get the country in the right direction. Now, Senator Scott, I think one of the good things is you didn't start as a senator. As you say, a very successful businessman, a very successful governor. You've been an executive, and you come into this body, and you watch it. You say, wait, whoa, whoa, wait. We got a Ponzi scheme going on here. We got to start the process slowly but surely, at least, in addressing this. And McConnell, he doesn't like. Yeah, you're an upstart. He doesn't like it. Yeah, what's this backbencher doing here in the Senate telling me what to do? This is what frustrates people like me. Well, the thing about it, you know, you know, there's no Medicare trust fund. You know, you would think, like in state and state budgets, you have for your pension plan, you you have money in the bank. We don't have money in the bank for Medicare. We don't have money in the bank for Social Security. We have an IOU from the federal government. That's what we've got. I mean, they already, no they already stole the money, and they stole it out of the Highway Trust Fund. Senator, can you hold on until uh, after the break, please? We will be right back with Florida Senator Rick Scott. We'll be right back. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast, 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mark Levin, the funder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Senator Rick Scott. For uh, Whoopi Goldberg, a.k.a. her name is Karen, uh, he's the white Senator Scott. Tim Scott is the African-American. Is that hard to believe, Mark? Uh, she's a liar. Anyway, um, a new poll the Federalist has from Mammoth shows that while 23% of GOP voters, Senator, find McConnell favorable, 53% of conserv- conservative constituents see him in an unfavorable light. And so here's his problem. His negatives are higher than George Santos's negatives. He is the least liked Republican in the country. 
And this isn't the only survey to show this. There was a survey done among Republicans only. It wasn't even a close call. He's the least liked Republican. And yet he's the Republican leader of the Senate. It just seems screwy to me, Senator. Well, you know, the way the Senate works is that, you know, it's a senior, it's a seniority based system. Um, you're, you know, you, they expect you, they really do expect you to just come up and listen to what they have to say because, because, you know, they've got more seniority than you. It doesn't matter that like you know, I ran, you know, one of the biggest companies in the country. Um, but that didn't matter. Uh, so that's just, just how the system works, but it's going to change. I'm, I mean, I think the American, it's all up to the American public. Here's what I tell people have high standards for who you elect, hold them accountable. Don't just say, Hey, Johnny may gave a great speech. Let's make him something. So what's your background? Have you had success? And then if they don't do their job, what are you reelecting them for? And so I think the American public wants ideas. They want somebody that is going to do exactly what they said when they campaign. They expect fiscal responsibility, responsibility out of Republicans. Uh, they, they don't want us to waste money. And think about it. We caved in on the infrastructure bill, which had very little to do with roads, bridges, airports, and seaports. There was a chips bill that was supposed to be anti-China. But Intel Corporation said, hey, I'm going to get, they're going to get $4 billion. They're going to get a billion-dollar tax credit, $4 billion tax write-off. They're going to keep doing business in China. And no different. And if they, China invades Taiwan, no change. Not, not very anti-China. Then the omnibus bill. So you look at these things, and they, none of those could have passed without Republicans voting for it. And we've got, to, we've got to do exactly what we said we were going to do when we ran. And that's what I'm committed to do. And I think the things are going to change. But it's up to the American public. Look, I've been on radio 20 years, and I've been involved in watching these things and participating in since I was 13 years old. You are the only one who has effectively taken on McConnell and even run against the man. And this is what he's furious about, trying to teach everybody a lesson through you, that you challenge me, this is what's going to happen. But I want you to know something. You've had an impact. You've had a, I have 14 and a half million listeners. You've had an impact. You've had an impact on what's going on in the Senate. You've opened a lot of people's eyes. It's very, very important what you've done here, Senator, and I want to thank you for it. Well, I'm not going to stop. I appreciate uh, your support, but I'm not going to stop. This, but this country is worth fighting for. There is no place to move. If we don't mm-hmm. change the direction of this country, if we don't have fiscal responsibility, then all the opportunities that we believe in for every child in this country will go away. All right, Senator. Thank you for your time. Take care of yourself. All right. See you, Mark. Bye-bye. All right. God bless. Nobody else wanted to run against him, and he did. And I want to thank the other courageous senators who voted for him. Ted Cruz. Mike Lee. I don't know who else voted for him, to be honest with you, but uh, there are a handful of others. Took guts. What's that, Rich? Oh, oh, okay. But I, I, I just couldn't. Those who did, if I missed you, I apologize. Who voted the right way. First on CNN, CNN seems to get a lot of these leaks. Uh, there's not a lot of news here. The FBI has conducted two searches at the University of Delaware in connection with the investigation into Biden's handling of classified documents. A source familiar with the investigation told the CNN, this is the White House leaking. They're never going to answer questions on the record. 
But this is them trying to get in front of all these issues. So it's not, oh, my God, the FBI is at the University of Delaware. What the hell took them so long? What the hell took them so long? The previously undisclosed searches were conducted in recent weeks with the consent and cooperation of the president's legal team. Now, we've talked about this for a long, long time. They keep talking about the cooperation of the president, the cooperation, the transparency, the cooperation. You've seen the legal analysts on television. You've seen what they've written in their columns and their blogs over and over again. The difference between Biden is he's transparent and he cooperates as opposed to Trump, who obstructs, who obstructs. And that way, as I've discussed with you many times before, he won't bring anything against Biden. He won't bring anything against anybody else who has documents. But they'll try and get Trump on obstruction. And that's part of the reason they're trying to go after his lawyer now. And that's why this prosecutor is nothing special about this special counsel. He's completely rogue. That's why he was chosen by meritless Garland. And that's why they they basically chose, I don't care what people say, a wet blanket as a special counsel for Biden on the documents. His name is Her, H-U-R. Who? Who? Oh, oh, he's stellar background. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he worked for Christopher Ray. Oh, Stellar. Why didn't they pick another prosecutor from the Hague? Why didn't they get another guy out of the Hague who's prosecuting genocidal maniacs? Why didn't they get a prosecutor who goes after the mob? Why didn't they get a real hard ass to be the special counsel in the Biden case? These are what we call rhetorical questions that we already know the answers. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, when the going gets tough, you can count on big business to have your back. Well, not really. You certainly can't. Because we all know big business, especially big wireless business, is going to lock you down into multi-year contracts with huge penalties. Not Pure Talk, no. The no-contract wireless company. And the only wireless company to offer 100% money-back guarantee. That's right. Pure Talk is so sure you're going to love their ultra-fast 5G service that if you don't, they'll give you your money back. So instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile every month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk, my cell phone company, and then start enjoying the perks like a U.S. customer service team that will make your switch easy. Supporting a company that's veteran-owned and shares your values and who has you covered with a money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, it turns out, folks, those poor people who were slaughtered at MSU, they didn't have to be. When you had the governor of Michigan, Whitless, gets up there and gives a speech, a horrendous speech about gun control. Biden talks about gun control. All the opponents of the Bill of Rights are talking about gun control. And now they're all silent tonight. Every one of them is silent. Why? I'm going to tell you in a moment. From Nick Arama at Red State. 
the MSU shooter had felony gun charge dismissed by progressive DA. He was known to the police. Every time we see a mass shooting that gets the attention of the media, invariably Democrats immediately start calling for gun control, even if the shooting is in a gun-free zone or a state with very strict gun control rules already. What they never seem to look at or care about is almost invariably the shooter has a prior history that indicated he was going to be a problem and or he should have been locked up but was let out. It appears to be the story again with the gunman who killed three and wounded five others at Michigan State University on Monday. Turns out he had felony gun charges dismissed by a progressive prosecutor, according to the Free Beacon. So will the Democrats take any responsibility for this? Of course not. How about the media? No. According to the Free Beacon, Anthony McRae was charged in June 2019 with illegally carrying a concealed handgun without a permit but later had those charges dismissed by the office of Ingham County District Attorney Carol Seaman, Democrat. Her office instead let McRae plead guilty to a lesser misdemeanor gun charge, and he served a little more than a year on probation, which ended May 2021. He initially faced up to five years in prison for the felony charge, the Detroit News reported. Seaman retired from the District Attorney's office at the start of this year after facing criticism from judges and law enforcement officials for her soft-on-crime policies. That same year that McRae was released, Ingham County Sheriff Scott Wigglesworth pushed Eats Lansing City Council to, quote, reconsider her internal firearm felony charging policy, which he said does not hold people properly criminally accountable and increases the likelihood of additional gun violence. Well, he was prescient. Seaman made it her office's official policy in August 2021 to drop mandatory prison sentences for felony firearms charges. She said the sentencing enhancement led to dramatic racial inequity. It was not in any way linked to the goal that we share of keeping the public safe. We've got prosecutors like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, Chicago's Kim Fox, L.A.'s George Gascon, backed by radical San Francisco prosecutor uh, Chesa Bodine, ahead of a recall campaign, eventually ousted him from office last year. Ingham County Prosecutor John DeWayne claimed he likely would have avoided jail anyway. But that's part of the problem. With the authorities not taking the gun charges seriously and holding people who break the laws accountable, as opposed to randomly trying to snatch away the constitutional rights of everybody. And this guy was apparently, quote, known to the police, unquote, according to the Detroit News. Neighbors described him as wild and a hellraiser. Paul Rodney Tucker, who lived around the corner from McRae, said, I knew he lived at that house because there was constant trouble there. He heard gunshots at McRae's home and believed police had been called there before. Megan and Tyler Bender, who lived on the same street, said the same thing. Police had been called for gunshots at the home. Megan Bender said McRae would fire out the back door, she thought, for target practice. There were signs, but they weren't adequately addressed. So the system let those people down who were murdered at MSU and wounded. It had nothing to do with the Second Amendment. We are not prosecuting criminals. We are not prosecuting criminals who are using guns or who have guns 
in violation of existing law. That's what happened at MSU. The governor never mentioned any of it. CNN, MSNBC, not a word. New York Times, Washington Post, I have no idea, but I doubt it. The network news, I have no idea, but I doubt it. Gun control, like that's going to fix something. If prosecutors don't prosecute, no law matters. And we're talking about crimes here. Physical crimes. We're not talking about concocting federal conveniences for a special counsel to go after an ex-president and violate attorney-client privilege. Look how far those federal prosecutors are willing to violate the Constitution and the norms of procedure to get their political opponents. But look how far the locally elected Democrat prosecutors are going to avoid putting real live criminals in prison. Well, it was inequitable. So he got out of prison and he murdered. I guess now it's equitable. Is everybody happy? I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. I should have mentioned the great Senator Ron Johnson. He's one of those who voted against McConnell. That guy, he's really a stellar member of the Senate. I want to continue on with this, uh, this killer, Michigan State University, and how the media have gone absolutely silent on this. This is from Newsbusters. Kevin Tober. Late Monday night, a deranged gunman opened fire on students at Michigan State University, killing three and leaving five others in critical condition. Is his race relevant, Mr. Producer? I'm just wondering, I I would ask um, Al Sharpton and the media, is is the killer's race relevant? Is it relevant? I would ask all those folks who think race is relevant to everything, is it relevant? 
the killer was African-American and most of the victims were white. I'm just mentioning that because I, I think we're supposed to do that now. Maybe not. Is it relevant? No. It just shows you how lousy and sleazy the media are. Back to what is relevant. Late Monday night, a deranged gunman opened fire on students at Michigan State University, killing three, leaving five others in critical condition on Tuesday evening. The three evening news broadcasts were quick to jump to their usual playbook of overblowing how frequent mass shootings in the United States are and turning to guests or victims to plea for gun control. All three news networks use completely dishonest and inflated statistics that there have been 67 mass shootings in the United States in 2023. In ABC's World News Tonight, CBS Evening News and NBC Nightly News had no interest in reporting that the gunman had his prior gun charge dismissed by a George Soros-backed prosecutor in the name of racial equity. By the way, the amount of death and mayhem that George Soros has created in this country as a result of getting these kinds of phony prosecutors elected is, is unbelievable. And I noticed that none of these news organizations, Maggie Haberman at the New York Slimes, Philip Bumpy over there, I guess, at the Washington Compost, and the rest of these frauds and fools, I noticed that they have no interest whatsoever in looking into this. None. But it's quite newsworthy. None. And I noticed that George Soros always skates. He's the guy behind the curtain that's helped unleash mayhem and murder and rape in our cities. Why? Because he's the sugar daddy to all these radical left-wing groups that work with the media and work with the Democrat Party. That's why. He now works with Charles Koch over there at the uh, Koch Foundation. The only mention of the gunman even having a criminal history that banned him from owning a weapon came from NBC Nightly News when Maggie Vespa reported that, quote, investigators highlighting McRae's record most recently pleading guilty to a misdemeanor weapons charge in 2021. Pleading guilty to, but he committed a felony, but it didn't matter. From there, Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel was exasperated that, quote, he was ineligible to possess or purchase a firearm. So one of the things that we're going to need to know is how did he get that weapon? Our friends at the Washington Free Beacon reported that the gunman who killed three and wounded five would have been barred from owning a firearm at the time, at the time of the shooting, had he not had felony gun charges dismissed by a Soros prosecutor. What's lightning, excuse me, her office, her office, the Free Beacon went on to reveal that Anthony McRae was charged on June 2019 with illegally carrying a concealed weapon without a permit. Those charges were dismissed by the office of Ingham County District Attorney Carol Seaman, as we mentioned, a Democrat. Her office instead let McRae plead guilty to a lesser misdemeanor. The Attorney General of Michigan could have found that out if she had bothered to look. But she didn't. It, it disrupts the narrative. What's frightening about this was that the Free Beacon revealed that 
Simon and part of George Soros's vast public safety network, quote unquote, which includes other radical left wing prosecutors in Philadelphia, in Chicago, in Los Angeles, in Loudoun County, Virginia and other places. Yep. So uh, the reporting that was done by the news networks, you really wouldn't know what the hell took place. Gun control, gun control, gun control. Well, there was gun control. He wasn't allowed to have a gun. And a Soros prosecutor created the circumstances in which he could get a gun. And then he used it. And that's that. You're not going to hear another damn thing about it, except from me. News networks aren't going to circle back. The governor of Michigan is not going to circle back. The attorney general is not going to single, uh, uh, circle back. No, no, no. It disrupts or undermines their, their narrative and their ideology. This is how sick it is. This is how sick these bastards are. Do you remember, I'm sure you do, yesterday, the day before, the day before that, last week, I said, and I didn't even ask Mr. Producer to pull the clips together, be monotonous. I've said it so many times. It's incredible. It's incredible that our government wouldn't know where that that blimp, that Chinese blimp came from. That we have eyes on China. We have satellites looking at everything in China and other intelligence assets, technological and otherwise, focused like a laser on China. If they were to let a blimp of this kind to leave Chinese territory and slowly work its way like the Goodyear blimp to the continental United States, how could we not know? How could we not know where it came from? Same with the other three, whatever they were. How could we not know where they came from? Well, it turns out we do. We knew where this blimp came from. Because we do have eyes on communist China. Stick with us here, folks. It's just a matter of reason and logic and experience. We're three steps ahead. Not because I'm a genius. It's just because... I'm an observer. I digest the stuff, and I tell you what I think is taking place. CBS Evening News yesterday. A little slow on the uptake, but there they are. Cut one. Nora O'Donnell, go. There is breaking news tonight on that Chinese spy balloon. CBS News has just learned that U.S. intelligence watched the high-flying airship as it lifted off near China's south coast. That means the U.S. military had been tracking it for nearly a week before it entered U.S. airspace, longer than originally known. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the White House. So, Nancy, they were watching this from the beginning. So let's stop. They're watching it from the beginning. They're watching it travel across half of the globe. Across the ocean. Probably over Russian territory, Russia airspace. It doesn't matter. So, but the coast, the coast of Alaska, enters the northern part of the United States, travels over Montana, where some guy with binoculars says, hey, what the hell is that thing up there? 
And NORAD says, well, as far as we know, there could be UFOs. You know, what do we know? You know? What the hell are these fools talking about? Remember, I told you it's a cover-up. None of it makes sense. Over and over, I said the same thing because it didn't. Then it hits our three mo- main nuclear launch sites, including number one, the big, Mr. Big. And it's over South Carolina coast, and then they decide to shoot it down because nobody's there, you know. Because we all know that Montana is a densely populated state. Densely populated with cattle. But don't worry. Don't worry, Joe Biden said in an interview with the Pubic Broadcasting Service, PBS. "Eh, It's not a big deal. And of course, they blocked all the transmissions, they said. Who believes that? Raise your hand. Not I. So they tracked it. A week to 10 days it took to get from China to us. They tracked it. Joe Biden either knew it or wasn't told. Secretary Austin had to know. Milley, who was silly, he had to know. The DNI had to know. The CIA director had to know. So many had to know. The head of the National Security... But it's Keystone Cops time. No, we didn't know that. Why? Because Joe Biden needed to be made to look like a hero. I, uh... Hello? What time's lunch? No, I ordered. I ordered them to shoot it down. That, that Joe, he's, he's General Patton, don't you know? Go ahead. War Nora, and what they saw was this balloon heading east from China towards Guam and Hawaii. But then it took a sharp... We also have... We have technology on Guam and Hawaii to monitor the skies, too. So the blimp, she says, goes over Guam or towards Guam and Hawaii, Hawaii. So how did we miss it? Well, we didn't. We knew when it was launched, from where it was launched, We monitored and tracked it towards Guam, towards Hawaii, as it's floating along like it's a Macy's parade, a New Year's parade. Go ahead. Turn a beeline towards Alaska. They also revealed today that the three subsequent objects they shot down probably were not involved in spying. The three objects shot down this weekend may have been harmless research balloons. That's now a leading theory for the intelligence Uh, uh, community. Hello, hello. They're dealing in theories? When they saw them, didn't they take satellite pictures of them? And as I said yesterday, what the hell is a research balloon? What are they researching? The stars. They're taking National Geographic photos of the stars. The Big Dipper, the Little Dipper. Three research balloons, don't you know? Except one of the pilots said it wasn't a balloon, the one that he saw. Hey, don't question it. Go ahead. There's strong consideration that these uh, objects are indeed benign. They won't know for sure until Excuse they... me. Fa- Hello. They don't know if they're benign or not. They shot them down. If they thought they were benign, why did they shoot them down? They're just conducting research, checking out, you know, climate change. 
spying on Republicans. What's the problem? They're benign. Benign, no problem. We think. That's our theory. But we shot them down anyway. Does that make sense to any of you? Of course not. The cover-up continues. Go ahead. The debris. They're in very difficult terrain. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff described the challenge. One object came down in the Arctic Circle, where it's minus 40 degrees. The second came down in a hard-to-reach part of the so Canadian... So it's minus 40 degrees in the Arctic Circle, ladies and gentlemen. Minus 40 degrees. How come the communist Chinese and the fascistic Russians can work in Antarctica with very little problem. They're building a base there. You do know we have nuclear subs from time to time to go into these waters, correct? I'm not saying it's easy. It's just not impossible. Go ahead. And the third plunged into Lake Huron, a couple of hundred feet deep. We'll get them eventually, but it's going to take some time to recover those. He defended the decision to scramble fighter jets to shoot them down and acknowledged that the first missile fired over Lake Huron missed its target. First shot missed, uh, second shot hit. New cockpit audio reveals that... Well, that's comforting. That's comforting. So the first shot missed a balloon, research balloon, they tell us. But the second shot hit it, thank God. I just wonder if that pilot has been too busy learning about, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, or maybe critical race theory, or whether his genitalia is really his genitalia or somebody else's genitalia. You never know. You never know. Go ahead. The pilots were perplexed by what they saw. Uh, I can see like lines coming down below, but I can't see anything below it. Definitely smaller than a car. Pentagon officials have offered intriguing descriptions of the objects. One looked like a metallic drum. Another was cylindrical and carried a tethered. Hold on. Does this reporter even know how stupid she sounds? It looks like a metallic drum. Then I'm guessing it's not a balloon, Mr. Producer. What do you think? Hello, hello. Continue, please. Another was octagonal in shape with strings attached. What are these things? Who sent them Like a kite. Maybe it was a kite. I've seen octagonal kites with strings attached, Mr. Producer, haven't you? It's doing research. Research. But we won't know for decades. But we're working on it. Don't worry. We'll figure it out. During the term of the next Republican president, but we'll have to wait. Go ahead. And what are they doing here? GOP senators argued today that the public deserves more answers from the commander in chief who ordered the objects shot down. I mean, my phone's ringing off the wall and we got a president of the United States and not saying anything. We asked White House officials if the president has any plans to make public comments about these objects. And all they would say is that he continues to be briefed and takes the situation very seriously. He takes it very seriously. Is there another president we've ever had if they're shooting down three objects in our sovereign airspace and one over the Canadians that wouldn't have spoken by now to the American people? No, not one, except this jackass. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. So the rogue prosecutor, the so-called special counsel, he's trying to drag attorneys into his grand jury. He's trying to force the waiving of attorney-client privilege. All in defense of the Constitution, don't you know? And of course, he wants Mike Pence. And here's what Mike Pence said today. Cut three, go. My fight is on the separation of powers. My fight against the DOJ subpoena, very simply, is on, on defending... Uh, the prerogatives that I had as president of the Senate uh, to preside over uh, a joint session of Congress on January 6th. For me, this is a moment where you have to decide where you stand. And I stand on the Constitution of the United States. And you're right. But over at National Review, I believe their legal analyst said this is a joke. Thinks this is a joke. This is funny. Constitution's under attack by these rogue prosecutors in virtually every respect. Because, of course, they want to uphold the Constitution. And anyone who fights, we salute. All right, my call screen is up, Mr. Producer. Uh, let's see here. Let us go to Mike. Childress, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. A former fighter pilot. How are you, Mike? Yeah, I'm, I'm real good, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, I, I flew F-15Cs, so it was all air-to-air. So I had exactly yeah. the same type jets as the F-22 and the 16. But the, just clarification-wise, big picture, the, the the missile they shot is a has a super-cooled secret head. And if whatever they were has shooting what? at... I'm sorry, a super-cooled what? A, a, Seeker head. There's, okay. there's an argon gas. There's a there's different gases they put up there, so it, it literally cools the head down to minus multi hundreds of degrees. And okay. they so when they were shooting at that target, obviously it doesn't have a major heat signature. They couldn't shoot a radar missile at it because it doesn't have any relative speed, and you need that for a Doppler missile. They could have gone in with guns. So it's kind the, of a manual shot. Yes. I mean, literally World War II, World War One type stuff. But the trouble is you've got to get basically close proximity, typically within a mile or so, and depending on what, you know, if they didn't know what was on, they were shooting at. And if that blew up, mm-hmm. and now you take out a $200 million jet in the pilot, now you got a whole different matter. I mean, to me, they should have gone in probably with an AC-130 gunship and shot the thing yeah, from, exactly. you know, way away, blown it up. So, like I said, just... I, I don't. No, no, that's a fair point. I'm glad you clarified this because it, it made no sense to me, and now it does. I, I don't know these things. That's good. That is, it's a command structure situation, not the fact that we've got defective equipment. The, you know, the equipment mm-hmm. is top secret. Back, back when I flew 30 years ago, uh, I mean, it was up to an AIM-9M, and I don't know, they've got an XT or something like that that they shot on this thing. So, I mean, the things are, we used to say it's, it's a shooting, you know, shoot and go. I mean, you're basically, if that thing left the jet, you were dead. And that was 30 years ago. So the, the technology is fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
What do you make of the fact that this was tracked for all this time and they waited? Isn't that weird? Yes. And, and again, it goes I, to now I agree with you on the woke policy and everything else with that whole command structure. It's totally infected. And again, just a minor clarification. I didn't make it up to the upper ranks, but I had enough friends that did that went four star. Basically, you, if you look at the command structure across the entire force today, they were all basically generals that were appointed. The structure was under Obama, and oh, I get so it. it's a it's a very it's a very exclusive club. So now the more that goes on, and you remember Trump didn't have guys around him that knew how to get rid of that, mm-hmm. and we know what his chief of staffs were and everything else. So the the whole situation just propagated, and not that there aren't obviously good folks there, but a lot of it has to do with we I want a yes man versus no I want somebody that's going to keep me on the straight and narrow. I mean, it's mm-hmm. obviously the same problem with the whole government, but it just, yeah. it's. I, uh, I remember Trump telling me some time ago, he said, you know, the generals in the field, I have a better relationship with them, and they tell me more things, and I communicate them better with the ones at the Pentagon. That's what he told me. Does that make sense? Well, yes. Yes, it does, because the guys in the field are, I mean, they're they're dealing with life and death with their folks. Mm-hmm. And the guys in the Pentagon are more concerned with, okay, how am I going to get my contract with Raytheon or Lockheed Martin or whatever else from here? And so it, you know, again, I, I'm not calling out everybody, but mm-hmm. obviously you know the situation as well as I do. Mm-hmm. We, we're we're not dealing with America first people to a large degree, and that's scary. It's unbelievable. All right, my friend, thank you for your service and that very very important information. That's great. Thank you. Let's go to Jerry Edison, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go right ahead, please. Yes, sir. Jerry, you're on. Go right ahead, please. All right. Well, Jerry's busy, so we'll keep moving. Annabelle, Mill Valley, California, the great KSFO. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. A little daunting after talking and listening to that fighter pilot. I'm yeah, kind amazing. of intimidated, but I just had a quick question. By the way, I just uh, love you so much, and, and congratulations on Ronnie. I know he's going to give you years and years of love and, Thank you. and back Thank and forth. Anyway, um, what the reason I'm calling is, uh, uh, is there any recourse? I listen to this day after day, year after year, where people get lose their kids or lose people. It doesn't have to be a child. Can't we? Isn't there some legal way? If, if I lost a child, I would want to sue the Petunias, these AGs. Is there? Is there's no recourse if you find out they let people go? We just have to sit by and and time after time just just deal with it and accept it. Well, you know, I'm not a criminal defense. Excuse me, a, a, a prosecutor or a criminal defense lawyer for that matter, but. They immunize themselves. They immunize themselves through the law. The courts immunize themselves and the prosecutors. There's a couple exceptions here and there um, that are not very broad, but um, I'd give it a try. I absolutely would give it a try. But other than that, I, I there's there's no straight line to answer your question. Well, then I guess people better... And this guy, George Soros, ought to be dragged into a hearing by his ass and put under oath, and people need to get to the bottom of this. He can't keep... You know, 
How much blood is on his hands as a result of the people he's been installing throughout our country? Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And the idea, you notice the Democrats never complain about this. It's amazing. He is such an enemy. I mean, yes, absolutely. All right. Take care of yourself. Let us continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Let's go to Sharon, Houston, Texas, the great KTRH country. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Uh, um, what you said early um, on in the show about how they're getting rid of uh, the prosecutors and the lawyers, that is so right on, and it just rang a bell with me because when I was growing up, my father <clears throat> was a practicing uh, trial attorney here in Houston, and he would quote Shakespeare. And there's one of Shakespeare's plays that says, if you want to take down a government or a nation, you have to first get rid of all the lawyers. I don't remember which play it was, but he would quote that. And I just remember that growing up. And that's, it, it's, it's very alarming, really, because Shakespeare knew what he was talking about. He, his plays are rich with history and common law and common English law. And, and he knew what he was talking about. And my dad just he he thought that was such a great line and he would quote Mm -hmm. it many times all right my friend you take care of yourself slip and fall lawyers i mean uh, when you drive around the state of florida there's uh billboards everywhere hey our firm collected a billion (sighs) dollars yeah slip and fall lawyers ambulance chasing lawyers are pain in the ass there's no question about it and they're all over the damn place and they hate me Oh, the feeling's mutual. What can I say, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I will be on Hannity in... What? I'll be on Hannity about 45 minutes. 9.35 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll watch. I'm asked to come on a lot of shows, just so you know. I can't do it. I just can't come on three, four shows a week. Plus, you'd get sick of me anyway. Here, I'm doing my radio show. That's where I am, behind this microphone. I'm doing Levin TV. I'm doing my Sunday show, which, by the way, will be a killer show. You know, some hosts, and that's perfectly fine. They just bring in the uh, flavor of the week, the politician of the week. I try to avoid this. Um, and we're going to get into heavy-duty parts of the culture and how it's being destroyed, and we're going to have Betsy McCoy, the former lieutenant governor of New York, because your your suburban areas now and extra-burb areas and even some city areas are about to be overwhelmed and attacked by bureaucrats and regulations. So... Maybe you're building a home, or maybe you want a single-family home, or maybe you want to live near a park or whatever. Now the feds and the bureaucrats are going to make that decision based on economic equity. Economic equity. So you're not going to want to miss this, because I'm trying to alert the entirety of the nation that it's taking place now. In addition, we have a fantastic guy from uh, Heritage Foundation, Mike Gonzalez. Not just for critical race theory. I want to get into this diversity, equity, 
uh, and whatever the hell, and inclusivity uh, stuff, because this is these these are the enforcers that are showing up in all human resources departments, private sector, public sector. It doesn't matter. They're the monitors now, like the communist Chinese. And ESG, how this affects your pensions. More of the same. More of the same. So the radical left-wing Democrat Party agenda is being institutionalized. And before it's too late, we want to continue to hit it. That was the whole point of uh, American Marxism. That's been a point of what I do behind this microphone in many instances. Same with TV. But we're going to hit it out of the park this Sunday. So I hope you'll watch. If you can't, obviously, you can uh, DVR the program. There's no more football. So we have a clear field. No politician coming on. Quite the contrary. We've got to deal with the culture. Peter in Texas on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Peter? Uh, Hello. I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Mark? Very well, thank you. Uh, Mark, I served 20 years in the Army. You were talking about those fighter thank pilots. You, I love those guys. They love to talk with their hands. Um, yeah. In Iraq, I used to look over my right shoulder, and I had one of those guys there sitting there because I, I worked targeting, and I worked a lot of other things. And I never kicked the door, and I never shot anybody. But the point he was making about our senior uh, four stars and three stars is exactly right. Um, In other words, most I, of them are Obama-era holdovers. No, not all. But the one, the one in particular... Um, is a, a holdover, and he's shown his true colors on several occasions. And I don't want to get into specifics because I'm still working in the community. Oh, all right. I'm guessing you mean Millie, but I understand. I've been in the all room right. with that man, and there's a you couple what? things that come to mind. Yeah. There's a couple things that come to mind. I want you to look at his record. How fast he went from one star to three star. And there's another thing. He wears a green beret. I've never, I've served with those guys. I've dealt with them. I did things for them. I helped them out. And you don't leave that community unless you're politely asked to leave or you have a really good reason. And I'm just saying. Mm. I I just want to be clear. You're talking about Millie? uh, Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could look at his record. There's other Mm -hmm. guys out there. There are guys out there who are incredible leaders. And 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 uh, I I don't want to drop names because again it's gonna it, well you know I've already said I, I knew that I knew him that's so, all right you know, that's all right I, I know of him briefed him but look at look at the records of some guys who were who were now I used to be a let, look look how fast Kirby became a rear admiral he's been in communications that's it. And and I'm 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 telling you, uh, you know, I, I was a disciple of Madison, and I became disenchanted with him. I tried to read his book, and the things that he did, and try to keep us in Afghanistan. Listen, I I was in Iraq, and I knew it was a bad war, but I did my damnedest. And mm-hmm. I was just a staff weenie, but you know what? I did my damnedest, and and, and we tried to do the best we could, and we tried to t- uh, fight that fight with one hand tied around our ass, as my father would say. I'm a descendant of 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 of, uh, of immigrants to this country. I, yeah. I, I I was an ROTC graduate. I you know I, I was uh, I was nobody. I I ca- I came in as an enlisted man and, and I, I I left as a field grade officer. And uh, well, just, I it, I want to thank you. 
and I appreciate it. The whole country does. Thanks, brother. And uh, you won't be out it. Take care of yourself. Joe, Charleston, West Virginia, the great WMAL country. Go right ahead, please, Joe. Hi, hi Mark. Uh, just to cut a bit of a break to the to the military commands involved in the uh, maybe balloon situations, the type of aircraft that they use for this is, is a hint. There is a, some level of experience with mid, even low, and definitely very high altitude, slow-moving targets of this kind. And the jets that they use demonstrate a little bit of, let's just say, concern. Those jets are highly maneuverable, and they can get out very quickly if they need to, both the F-22, the F-16. Why didn't they, I just curious, what, I got five seconds. Why didn't they use their guns instead of missiles? Well, there, there are reasons for that, too, that I won't get into. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm out of time. Joe, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. We salute our armed forces, all you folks out there, police. God bless each and every one of you. I hope you'll check us out in about a half hour on Hannity on Fox, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.